Welcome to the No Nonsense Anti-Racism Podcast. I love science fiction. I think it is so cool to watch movies and shows that depict what the future could look like, predicting how science and technology can evolve to change the way we live our lives. And it's not just about the future. Science fiction depicts what our past was and what our present actually is, too. I'm always so blown away by the creativity and imagination of authors or directors who think up these futures. But one thing you've probably noticed is that the science fiction world is very white. The protagonists, the creators, the societies they imagine, and the worlds in which they depict are also very Eurocentric. So although I like science fiction, it's always left me wanting more. And then Black Panther showed up. Black Panther is one of the most successful films, if you think about the box office, but it was also a cultural game changer, a superhero movie with a black main cast taking place in an African country with advanced technology. I know Wakanda isn't real, folks, just let me have this. And with behind-the-scene directors, producers, screenwriters, costume designers who are also Black. This was a landmark movie. Why was Black Panther more than just a movie, though? For many, it was because of the way Black people, and Africans actually, how they were depicted in a context that glorified and celebrated them. They live with advanced technology and have a past and a future that centers them as triumphant, and hopefully happy. This is not a future many of us can picture at the moment though, not with our current realities of systemic racism that continue to harm us and put our lives in jeopardy. This is Afrofuturism, and it is so poignant and so important. You've likely seen Afrofuturism in pop culture, like in movies and music, and you may not even know what you're looking at. So that's what we're going to chat about today, Afrofuturism. In a Huffington Post article called What is Afrofuturism, the writer Jamie Broadnax describes Afrofuturism as the reimagining of a future filled with arts, science, and technology seen through a black lens. The term Afrofuturism was actually coined by a white author, Mike Derry, in his essay Black to the Future, looking at the speculative fiction within the African diaspora. He wrote an essay that followed a series of interviews with Black creators and really wanted to understand this question of why so few African Americans wrote science fiction. It was a point of interest for him because science fiction was a genre that dealt really closely with this idea of the other, of a stranger in a strange land. And this was thought to be uniquely suited to the concerns of African American novelists. Derry wrote, African Americans, in a very real sense, are the descendants of alien abductees. They inhabit a sci-fi nightmare in which unseen but no less impassable force fields of intolerance frustrates their movements. Official histories undo what has been done, and technology is, is too often too bare on black bodies. And to me, this is such an interesting way to think about the historical legacy of slavery and colonization. The unique of Afrofuturism compared to science fiction is that it differs from standard science fiction 
because it's rooted in African traditions and Black identity. Broadnax also goes on to say that to be Afrofuturism, it must be rooted in and unapologetically celebrate the uniqueness and innovation of Black culture. So simply put, Afrofuturism is the intersection of science fiction and African and Black pride. You can think of Afrofuturism another way too, which is an interesting perspective that I came across in researching this topic. Afrofuturism was essentially first created in the minds of enslaved Africans being taken across the world. For each of them at that moment, Afrofuturism was a profound and uncertain thought for themselves, but also their future descendants. What would life look like for them, for their children, for their children's children, and so on? Essentially, Afrofuturism gives Black people a platform to thrive in their own culture, the way they imagine it and the way that they can imagine greatness without any external influences limiting their potential. For Black people, we have always had to live in a world where it is a daily struggle to be considered a human being with all of the dignities and considerations that other people get without asking, without question. So Afrofuturism is the idea that we get to be in charge of our own lives, our own societies, that we get to be in charge of our own narratives. And this narrative is limitless. There are a lot of creators who are self-declared Afrofuturists that you may have heard of, and others who don't necessarily say it explicitly, but definitely get inspiration from Afrofuturism. Jazz musician Sun Ra, for example, who infused elements of space and jazz into his work, science fiction author Octavia Butler explored black women protagonists in novels such as Fledgling, Dawn, Paradise of the Sour, and Lilith Sprood, uh, set in the context of futuristic technology and interactions with the supernatural world. We'll dive into her in a bit. The artist Erica Badu is an Afrofuturist with her eccentric and experimental imagery in videos and album covers, and she really promotes the intersection of art and futurism. Janelle Monet is another example of an Afrofuturist with her sound and her aesthetic. I've always been excited and inspired to try to redefine how we're seeing. You know, we learn from the past, we've been in the past, we've seen the images of the past, the stereotypes that have been projected upon us. We haven't gone to the future yet, so it's full of possibilities. We understand what our ancestors had to do for us to get to where we are. And in order to get to our magic and keep it, um, we have to believe in it. There are limitless possibilities of uh, where we can go, who we can be. We get to paint a different world on our own terms. I get to be whatever I want to be through Afrofuturism. And there's countless others. And as I mentioned earlier, Black Panther is a perfect example of Afrofuturism with its imagery and fashion and set design all taking place in Wakanda, which is an expression of the Afrofuturism movement as well. There's also a lot of really exciting modern artists like Joshua Mays, Cyrus Kabiru, and Rita Woods, who are all inspired by Afrofuturism. Elements of Afrofuturism are found in jazz musicians' work of the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. For example, Sun Ra that we had mentioned before, and another musician, Lee Perry, 
depicted themselves as descendants of aliens coming to Earth to preach a message. It projected a very different vision of Black identity. In the 1960s and 70s, we saw a writing boom in Afrofuturism, with authors like Samuel Delaney and Octavia Butler really paving the way. And there was definitely a political element at this time to Afrofuturism as well. I don't think you can talk about Afrofuturism without coming across or really mentioning the musician Sun Ra. And we're going to include some of his visuals on our Instagram so that you can take a look at just how eccentric and futuristic his style was. Sun Ra has retroactively been described as the leader in the Afrofuturism movement. Lee Sonira, who was born as Herman Poole Blount in Birmingham, Alabama, was an African-American jazz composer and keyboard player. He studied piano from a very young age and was scoring music for nightclubs in Chicago in the mid-1940s. We don't know a lot about his origins. He kept a lot of that secret and discreet. But we do know that Sun Ra's first noted professional job was during 1946-47 as a pianist with the Fletcher Henderson Orchestra at the Club de Lisa on the south side of Chicago. Sun Ra led a free jazz big band called the Orchestra, known for its innovative instrumentation and theatrical performances. The orchestra included dancers dressed in fantastical costumes inspired by ancient Egyptian attire and the space age. Ra was often dressed in robes or capes and futuristic helmets of all colors. When he started his own band in the 1950s, he was really known to be a part of the avant-garde jazz movement in Chicago. His was one of the first jazz bands to use electronic instruments, and his performances stretched for hours. Sun Ra is really a pioneer in group improvisation and electric instruments in jazz. He has more than a thousand recorded songs, spanning more than 100 albums. And his fictional origin story is that he was an alien who had come to Earth from Saturn, sent on a mission to preach peace and speak through music. Now, he's not for everyone, but he is still iconic, and he made interesting and beautiful music. The music that you hear right now is actually Sun Ra's Somewhere in Space. Another person you should also know more about is author Octavia E. Butler. She was a renowned African-American author who received the MacArthur Genius Grant and Penn West Lifetime Achievement Award for her body of work. She was born in 1947 in Pasadena, California, raised by her mother and grandmother. She is known for her strong protagonists, usually black women, and for, and for really on-point social observations. Her dystopian novels explored the themes of Black injustice, global warming, women's rights, and political disparity. Her books blended elements of science fiction and African-American spiritualism, and she's noted for her science fiction novels about future societies and superhuman powers. For example, in Kindred from 1979, it's about a contemporary Black woman sent back in time to a pre-Civil War plantation. She becomes a slave and rescues her white slave-owning ancestor. And it's wild, but her books are known for being uncomfortably accurate about the times we live in. For example, in one of her books, Parable of the Talents, she writes about a dark horse politician running for election with the slogan, Make America Great Again. According to his opponent, he's a demagogue, a rabble rouser, and a hypocrite. And when his supporters form mobs and burn people to death, he condemns their violence in such a mild way that people aren't really sure what they're hearing. He accuses, without grounds, 
whole groups of people of being rapists and drug dealers and how much he actually believes we don't know or how much he's just doing it to get power. And in the book, he strives to return the country to a simpler bygone era that never actually existed. Hmm, does that sound familiar? Well, Octavia Butler wrote this book in 1988. Crazy how accurate it feels for today. So Afrofuturism is fascinating in and of itself, but we need more of it, and you might be wondering why. Mark Derry, the author who coined the term Afrofuturism, posed a question. Can a community whose past has been deliberately rubbed out and whose energies have subsequently been consumed by the search for legible traces of its history imagine a possible future? Furthermore, isn't it the unreal estate of the future already owned by the technocrats, futurologists, streamliners, and set designers, white to a man, who have engineered our collective fantasies? Afrofuturism is more than just an aesthetic. As sociologist Alondra Nelson shared, it's about Afrofuturism as a coherent mode of critical inquiry. Nelson describes Afrofuturism as visions of the future, including science, technology, and its cultures in the laboratory, in social theory, and in aesthetics, through the experience and perspective of African diasporic communities. Afrofuturism examines and explores questions about the Black experience and how it can be or relate to the future. As you see with Afrofuturism in science fiction, for example, it deals with how race and differences show up in the future world. There are unique perspectives of the Afrofuturist that we need to look at and listen to in all aspects of our society. Nelson says, why do we care about what the Afrofuturist has to say? And why would we suspect that their answers would differ from that of an average futurist? It's because the Black experience is defined by a historical struggle for existence. The right to live, to be considered a person, to be afforded basic rights in pursuit of equality. Because of this, the Afrofuturist can see the parts of the present and the future that reside in the status quo's blind spots. Futurists ask what tomorrow's hoverboards and flying cars are made of. Afrofuturism asks who will build them. I think that's pretty powerful. Afrofuturism is a political ideology and it's an identity as well. We need it, not just as a way to celebrate what it means to be Black and or African, which, especially as of late, feels really important, but as a way to critically look at our present so that we can create better policies that will inform our future. Like Octavia Butler, it's the people who face the most marginalization who are keen observers of the world in which we live, in inequitably, by the way, to imagine a world that can serve everyone. Another really beautiful and important benefit of Afrofuturism is that it can inspire, it can inspire millions of Black people to invest in themselves and in their communities and to give back in different ways. Think about the ways that young children, even adults really, have been proud to see someone who looks like them on the big screen when watching Black Panther. And not just the physical representation, but the cultural representation. To see African clothing, for the story to take place in an African country that was not colonized and not destabilized by the West, 
And even as fiction, the imagining of this kind of reality is enlightening and inspiring. Another really important part of Afrofuturism is that it helps people cope with racism and trauma because it's giving people a positive representation and a sense of hope and agency, which is not what we see in our standard educational system. Afrofuturism allows Black people to create their own narratives about who they are, what they've been through, and what the future can look like. This is incredibly empowering. Imagining a different world sparks important conversations about the one we're currently living in, and this is priceless. I'll leave you with some funky Afrofuturism music, which I'm sure you've heard before. This is Parliament Funkadelic. Beverly Osuzua is our researcher, Jade Sullivan manages our social media, and I'm your host, Nuri Yunus. Thanks for joining. We'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.